Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is Brian Curtis. He's the CEO of Concentric Power. And the website is uh, concentricpower.com. So, Brian, thanks for coming. I appreciate it. And uh, how are you doing today? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, tell me about Concentric Power. What's the premise of the company? Sure. Yeah. Concentric Power, we are building uh, sustainable infrastructure for ag and industry applications. So what that really means for us is uh, we've been focused on a lot of firm power applications, uh, natural gas, uh, gensets, uh, battery storage, uh, coupled with renewables. And one of the main goals is to be able to maximize uh, sustainable energy um, in the form of renewables and, and everything that's required to, to support that as we get uh, higher and higher penetrations in the grid and uh, hmm. on uh, on-site applications. Well, what is uh, what do power sources look like right now? Um, you know, I, I'm an outsider, so I just I, I bet you most people assume it's like either all traditional or all renewable, and there's no there's not much hybridization going on. But it sounds like that's what sure. you're doing. So, like, what's the current state of things, and what do you want to do? Yeah. So, um, it, it, the the current state of things is uh, a lot of power is 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 derived from the grid. Uh, and the grid is made up of all kinds of different uh, energy sources, depending on where you are. So if you're in California, uh, we've actually uh, gotten pretty far in terms of uh, renewables. We're based here in California, and a lot of our projects are here. But uh, different parts of the country's country has uh, different uh, energy mixes. And so the current state of things is, is kind of different depending on where you're at. I'll, I'll talk about uh, California, a couple of case studies out here. We're working on uh, a site, for example, that's got... Uh, wind, solar, cogeneration, and uh, soon uh, batteries all uh, at the same uh, behind the meter location. This is a fresh vegetable processing facility uh, here in Central Central Coast, California, and they've got uh, as much solar as they can fit on the roof. They've got a, a big wind turbine out in the field. Uh, what we provided for, for that application is uh, a natural gas engine to support all that. Uh, we can run 24-7, whereas obviously wind and solar is going to do what it's going to do in terms of uh, when the sun is shining and wind is blowing. Um, but we're able to provide the, the support for that. And, and we see that as a, a really big trend going forward where uh, more and more distributed energy resources are, are deployed uh, closer to where the energy is actually being used. Um, a lot of that's happening on the commercial and industrial side of things, but it's it's also uh, happening a lot for residential and, and other uh, sectors. Hmm. So what's some of the most interesting projects you've seen and what do they look like? Sure. Yeah. No, I think uh, the most interesting stuff to me is when you start getting these, these hybrid solutions. Um, I've always maintained that uh, there's no one single answer to greenhouse gases or climate change or you know, energy efficiency. Uh, there's lots of different technologies. And the interesting projects for me are projects where all of those technologies are coming together at the same place and trying to figure out how to how to coexist and and get 
a, a site host or a site customer all the way there in terms of energy efficiency, sustainability, energy independence, and uh, of course, uh, cost always matters. So being able to do all of this in a way that uh, is economically interesting. All right. So what what's the benefits of this hybrid model of bringing power? Like, um, are there any trade-offs too? You know, how is it better than just getting it from the grid? Sure. Yeah. Um, a lot of it has to do with um, being able to match a certain energy supply mix with with what is is required at a given site. Um, so different sites have different energy profiles uh, or uh, load profiles as we talk about it. Uh, some some sites are have really spiky loads where you've got equipment or lights or things that are really going on and off uh, pretty often. Um, others are, are pretty flat and smooth. Um, so if you can come up with the right solution for a given application, you can get uh, that much closer to you know the, an optimal solution. Um, so being able to do that on a distribu- distributed energy basis helps you get there. Um, there's also uh, just on a macro level, some benefits uh, to the overall system uh, where there's a lot of actual losses in, in transmission. Um, so you, you lose some efficiency just by virtue of transmitting power around the grid. And then uh, the flip side of that is the more and more renewables that are added to the grid, you've got a lot of uh, power that's being pushed maybe in a way that the grid wasn't designed for originally, and you need uh, firm power support to support um, that bigger effort. Hmm. Um, It seems like with renewables, you know, like solar, what do you do at night? Or wind, what do you do when there's no wind? Or geothermal, you know, what if uh, that that seems constant, but again, it's only available in certain places. So when you're coupling in uh, renewables with traditional power sources, I guess that's why you need battery systems, right? To to reserve the power for when it's not there? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So um, you basically nailed it. The, a lot of, a lot of renewables, wind and solar in particular are intermittent. they're not running 24/7, uh, so you've got to figure out a way to support that uh, energy storage, and and I'll use a that as a more a, a more broad term than just batteries, because you know, there's there's other ways to to store energy. Uh, for example, there's a pumped hydro uh, where you can uh, work with the reservoir as a, a way to store energy. Um, there's there's other ways thermal energy uh, if you've got different uh, heat loads or chilling loads, you can uh, store energy thermally. Um, but yeah, at the end of the day, what, what what's needed to get to 100% renewables is some form of storage uh, or uh, alternatively other forms of uh, firm power that can come from, uh, for example, natural gas that can uh, ultimately also be powered by renewable, renewable natural gas or biogas um, that can come from different renewable sources. Um, so natural gas is a is a, a good uh, stepping stone to get to 100% renewable. What about harvesting waste energy from a, a large plant itself? Is it worth it to do that? You know, if the operation is large enough, or is that not really a, a useful source of power? Uh, no, it's it's definitely a useful source. Uh, in fact, a, uh, a good chunk of what we do is taking advantage of that waste heat uh, from the from the engines that we're running. So um, one of the Kind of unique applications that that we've been working on is uh, for uh, refrigeration. Uh, so, food industry 
and uh, cold chain sort of applications. Um, so fresh vegetables, and then it also applies to meat and poultry and fish and all that kind of stuff. But uh, basically what we do is take the waste heat from the engines that we're running and we drive a refrigeration process, which uh, sounds kind of counterintuitive. You've got uh, heat to make cold, um, but there's a pretty well understood technologies to do that in the form of uh, absorption chillers that uh, allow you to do that. And, and actually you can get to, to pretty low temperatures uh, using that kind of technology. Um, so that's that's something that we found is um, a good way to take full advantage of the uh, the thermal energy available at a site and uh, and really you know drive efficiency as high as possible. So where's the uh, the bottleneck right now? You know what's the weak link in the in the chain in these hybrid systems? Yeah, you know the kind of the interesting uh, technology aspect to it all that um, is really just coming into its own right now is the software and controls of these systems. Um, so a lot of the, each of the components, uh, many of them have been, you know, well proven over the years, you know, solar and wind are at this point mature technologies, um, as are, as is cogeneration and, uh, natural gas engines. But, uh, being able to run all of these systems together in a coordinated ecosystem, um, is, is not a trivial matter. And so what, what's, and this is where I kind of geek out on all this is um, the software and controls to, to run that. So for at Concentric, uh, we've developed a software platform that looks at uh, the whole energy picture uh, on an instantaneous basis and then also learns, so using machine learning, artificial intelligence kind of thought processes is uh, look, doing pattern recognition and starting to teach itself uh, how to run a system. So I'll give you an example. If you've got a, a manufacturing facility that uh, has wind and solar and, and cogen that you can uh, you can ramp up and down, as that underlying load of the facility ramps up and down, you can start to identify patterns and fingerprints of equipment. And so you can, you can actually be predictive and one step ahead of where the energy load is going based on sort of a machine a machine learning type approach um, and then when you when you take that logic and then apply it across a whole network of facilities that have energy capacity that you can dispatch at a given time all of a sudden you've got this really smart distributed system that can not only serve the load at a given site, but also dispatch that power into the grid. So there's a lot of really cool sort of advanced software technologies that, that are being applied to the grid at this stage. Hmm. Um, what about uh, pricing of the power? You know, if you have a hybrid system, I would guess there's times where, you know, you want to draw from this source and not from that source and various sources yeah. are efficient at different times and different conditions. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's, um, the the grid is a really dynamic thing, uh, not just technically but economically. So different times of day, different times of year, uh, the economics are all different. So that's that's part of our the, the concentric platform as well is taking all those different price signals into account to say, okay, well, at this moment, uh, given the everything that we see and everything that you know we're predicting is about to happen, uh, you know, we might want to run differently. In the middle of the night in the winter than we would in the middle of the day in the summertime um 
and then of course those economics are really different in different parts of the country where you've got uh, California, which is notoriously expensive power uh, compared to other parts of the country where power is a lot cheaper. In some in some cases, the the power is cheaper because there's a lot more coal, for example, on the on the grid in in different parts of the country compared to California. Um, so there's a sustainability factor to it in terms of what uh, what your goals are. Uh, you know, not just energy efficiency and economics, but also sustainability. So yeah, uh, is there anything missing in your models right now? Are you accounting again for cost of uh, the power, of you know where the power needs to go, of the type of loads, spiky or or flat? I mean, it, are you boiling all these things into your model with machine learning to get the optimum? Right. Yeah. No, that, that's basically it. Um, and it's uh, I think really what's what's missing at this point is just a critical mass of smart generation and smart. Uh, or intelligent even um, components that that are all sort of feeding off each other. Uh, we're we're just barely getting there. We meaning as sort of as a collective grid um, and concentric. We're uh, working on a lot of these uh, technology solutions, but uh, yeah, we're just. Uh, I would say as a society, we're just barely getting started on what the the next generation of the grid is going to look like. Um, any metrics on how much more efficient or how much cheaper or how much this, that, or the other, these hybrid systems are? Sure, yeah. Um, in terms of uh, efficiency, um, you can actually get uh, some pretty dramatic uh, efficiency improvements. Uh, you, you mentioned waste heat as an example. Uh, you can go from uh, a natural gas engine that's uh, considered high efficiency is sort of 42 to 45% efficient is considered a really high efficiency engine. But then when you take advantage of the waste heat, you can get um, basically instead of dumping that heat and not using it, uh, you can get up to 85, 90% efficiencies on, on the engine side of things. Um, and then again, it's really location specific, but in terms of transmission losses, uh, you can get up to 25, 30% efficiency losses uh, through the grid if you're talking about a centralized power plant versus distributed energy. Those are some of the metrics there. In terms of cost, um, again, really location specific, but uh, you can improve uh, over the cost of, of the uh, sort of standard utility by upwards of uh, 50% or more um, where you've got uh, the cost of the equipment and, and building the sustainable infrastructure, add in some you know, cost of capital uh, for the project itself, but you're still beating the grid by a pretty pretty fair margin oh yeah i didn't realize the efficiency was so great that's great yeah no, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh low-hanging fruit out there and there's uh a lot of uh complex projects that maybe isn't quite as low-hanging fruit but if you've got the right framework and tools um the opportunities are huge so what's next for you over the next six months or a year what kind of new uh projects are you working on yeah, the, the big stuff that, that we've got right in front of us, a couple of big projects that uh, we're not quite ready to announce, but uh, they're really, really microgrid oriented where we've got some uh, industrial parks that are uh, trying to attract uh, some pretty energy intensive industries and uh, and they're looking to be do that in a sustainable way. And in some cases, they're required as part of the economic development to, to do it in a certain 
certain way. Um, so we're we're building microgrid infrastructure that takes all of this into account, which is kind of it's it's been fun for us because I would say most of our previous projects have been sort of retrofit for existing facilities that are inter already interconnected to the grid and we're playing within that context. Uh, so a couple of the, these big projects that are coming our way are greenfield, new projects, building uh, extensive microgrids that, that have, you know, max out renewables and, and energy efficiency and, and doing it all in a way that, uh, you know, promotes the, the economic development that the, the local communities are looking for and, uh, and doing it in a, a real sustainable way. Well, very good. So what's the best way for uh, people to reach out to you if they want to learn more and, uh, you know, coordinate with you? Yeah, uh, the website's a great uh, first start, uh, concentricpower.com. Um, and also uh, there's a, our phone numbers on there that uh, you can call and we're pretty accessible. Um, we're we're still a, a pretty nimble, accessible team and uh, we are growing. Uh, and actually for for listeners out there uh, that are interested in uh, career stuff, we're, we're hiring a ton right now. So um, if there's anyone interested there, please do reach out. We're, we're hiring on engineering and project management, um, but uh, obviously customers as well. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. Okay. Well, very good. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Any, uh, any nope. other questions you want yeah. me to ask you or you think we've covered everything? No, I think that that's a, a good coverage. Uh, like I said, I think we're, we're really at a, a, a beginning point of a, a new big phase for energy infrastructure in the country. Um, so it's really a transitional time. We're excited to be uh, part of it at Concentric and uh, some of the technologies that are going to be rolled out, uh, not just the generation technologies themselves, but the software and controls and, and how you how you do this and what the right business models are. It's going to be a, a really exciting time, I think. That's great. All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on. Thank you so much. No problem. My pleasure. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.